the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ears, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. She can. I can tell uh, from everything that I've heard since the service began that God actually ordained this message for us. I called it, I titled this, The Rest. Can you put it up? The Rest. I mean, rest. Rest. And the call went out from the scriptures, and I want to read to you. I want to give you two things today that if you will diligently go after them, you will find rest in God. You will find rest in God. And then I'll talk about rest and what God has, talked, has told us about rest. In Isaiah 28, beginning from verse 9, he says, Whom will he teach knowledge? So God wants to teach somebody knowledge. And God's asking in the scriptures, Whom will God teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? You see, God wants you to understand the message. The people of the world, a lot of people in the world don't understand God's message. They've heard it, but they don't understand it. And to them, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, is foolishness. It's foolishness. They can't understand it. Because God has to give it to you. God to whom will he make to understand the message? And then he tells you some things that are important to him for you if you want God to be your teacher, to give you knowledge and to give you not just the knowledge but understanding. Understanding means the ability to use what you got from God. To accomplish something for yourself. To really understand how things work. So the word of God tells us. Questions. Those just weaned from milk. Why would God give a, a, a baby? Something so divine they wouldn't know how to handle it. Why would God give a baby... That great knowledge, divine knowledge, they won't know what to do with it. You don't give true responsibility, real responsibilities to babies. You only give to adults. That's why babies are not in school. And they stay at home. They win from the milk, they still need to grow. To be in the school of God, for God to teach you knowledge, you need to grow up. But what you find in the church, a lot of people don't want to grow up. So you never understand your God. 
And you pass from this earth to the next world without really knowing the God who created you. But God wants to teach people. He wants to make people know knowledge, have knowledge. He wants to teach knowledge and he wants to make them understand. Not to those who are wind out of me. Those just drawn from the breast. Not to those. And then he gives you. For because. I always will change that word for. Because. Precept must be. Notice the word must. Must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Hear a little. Not once in every day. But you are making yourself available to get a little from time to time. Hear a little, there a little. That's the first four. For first one. And then the next one. Four with stammering lips. This is also important. And another tongue. He will speak to these people. Stammering lips. Uh, Paul referred to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 21. Stammering lips means speaking with other tongues. Today, Satan is trying to kick that out of the church. It's happening all over the land and possibly all over the world. Christians don't understand this is what God has prophesied about in the Old Testament. Every Christian, if you are born again, not assemblies of God doctrine, not good luck's doctrine, biblical doctrine, if you want to, you can pray in tongues. These signs follow those who believe. In my name they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So he says this here. Again, he says, Four, that's the second four. The first one is important. You need both of them. You let go of one and it's not going to be fun. You won't have knowledge. You won't have understanding. Okay, let's go. He says, for with stammering lips, he's talking about speaking with other tongues. And another tongue, which Paul referred to, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 21. And another tongue, he, spe- he will speak to these people. From whom he said. Who said? God said. This is the rest. You need rest. Speaking in tongues. This is the rest. With which you, God, may cause the weary to rest. You want rest? This is important. The church wants to put it aside. Let's not talk about it. Let's not offend people. Let me tell you this. It's about heaven and God's will. Not what people think. This is important. This is the rest. Where we God will cause the weary to rest. And then he tells us. And, in addition to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet, they will not hear. 
They want to stay with one principle. They won't follow the second one. Yet they will not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them. They won't listen. But the word of the Lord was to them. Guess what? Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. We talked about this. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little. There a little. Nothing wrong with it. But then they forgot the second one. That was the outcome. That they might go and fall backward. Line upon line, precept upon precept, without the Holy Spirit, is not good enough. They fall backwards and be broken. That's what God said. They fall backward and be broken and snared and cut. You see why Satan fights the church against these gifts this much? He doesn't want you to rest. He wants you to stay weary. Two, both of them are important. Some people don't want the word. They just want to pray in tongues and prophesy. And guess what? Before long they get to be so weird and crazy. Hanging off these chandeliers. And people say, if that's God, I don't want it. You need both. You need both not to get cut. God wants you to rest. You know, God created man for rest. And rest doesn't mean inactivity. Or without responsibility. That's not what that means. It's rest in God. Look, in the creation of man, it tells us in the scriptures, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Genesis 1 verse 26. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Guess one of those creeping things. What does it? The devil is one of those creeping things. He's a creep. But notice, when God created Adam, if I were creating the world, and I'm going to give somebody that much power to have dominion over the earth, why not create him the first day, so that God can say, Adam, I need you, I have a lot of work to do, please help me with the work. That would be a better way to do it, right? Adam, come over. But Adam was created... On the sixth day, after God has worked his work. Let me say this. The first day of Adam's life was called what? The day of rest. Sabbath. That was when Adam 
this very first full day on the earth was called Sabbath. The Sabbath day. That's why Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. His first day on earth was a day of rest. It's God's privilege to do the work. And your privilege to enjoy the work. That doesn't mean inactivity. Adam had things to do in the garden. But he walked from the place of rest. From the place of rest. He was peaceful. No anxiety. No fear. No what's going to happen tomorrow. He walked out of the, from the place of rest. And God has not changed his mind. He wants you to work from the place of rest. From the day Adam sinned, he lost his position and place of rest. Anxiety, worry, concerns, cares. He cared and worried about things he had no power over. He couldn't make them, he couldn't change anything. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9, he says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. It says, therefore, this is interesting scripture, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent or labor. So you work to enter rest. Let us therefore labor to enter that rest. Meaning God's rest. If you read in verse 1. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, it's God's rest. So we labor to enter rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience or unbelief. So we labor to enter into God's rest. God wants you to do whatever you're doing. But work belongs to God. Work actually belongs to him. And you work from a place of rest. That's the way God wants it. What does God want from you? First, to love him. Amen? To love him. To worship him. And to serve him. That's the work. But then when you do that, you enter into a place of rest where you work, not in activity, but from a place of rest. What does this mean? 
the Bible is very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So God says, get into your place of rest first. Get into that relationship with God first. Make sure everything is right between you and your Father in heaven and position yourself. It's a place of power in the place of rest. And then, things will work out for you. Let me tell you this. Worry is work. Oh, yes. When you worry, sometimes you walk through the night. Others are sleeping, you are still walking in your head. And you wake up in the morning tired. And you are not able to work. The normal activity, you are not able to work. So you don't get much accomplished. And guess what? You worry even more. And nothing happens. You are not at peace. You are not at rest. You can't think straight. You need that rest from God. You know, in Psalm 127 verse 2, it says in the Message Bible, to put that in the Message Bible, it says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. You're at home. But you're not sleeping. A worry is still moving your fingers. But the funny thing is, you are not accomplishing anything much. God says, it's useless. Worrying with your fingers. Don't you know, he enjoys giving rest to those he loves. God wants you to rest. You see, work is God's privilege. I can work, but God has already fixed everything. At the garden, He fixed everything. He planted the garden. He never asked Adam to help Him. But Adam still worked. But He had all things. Amen? He worked. He produced, and God was with him. He had no lack until he sinned. Work belongs to God, and burden belongs to Jesus. Your shoulders are not broad enough to bear those burdens. You are not strong enough to stay under those burdens as you worry. You, you're not strong enough. That's why Jesus pled with us. Come to me. All you who labor. You are laboring. Come to me. Jesus said. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. 
Is he saying don't labor anymore? That's not what he's talking about. He is saying rest in me. And walk from a place of rest in God. That's what God wants. Come to me. He is the burden bearer. You can bear them. You were not created to bear burdens. You don't, your shoulders are not broad enough. You are not strong enough to carry those things. Jesus said, give them to me. Give them to me. Come to me, all you who labor. I mean, laboring through worry. Something has happened in your life and you're trying to figure it out how you can get out from under it and how you can make your way. You can't have it. You can't really make it happen. He has to make it happen for you. And you got to trust him and rest. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus had no worry. He labored. You remember him in, in, the, in the boat with his disciples? They were laboring. He was sleeping. Did he labor? Yes. From a place of rest. And accomplished much for us. He trusted his father. He trusted his father. And walked from that place of rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will, notice what it says. Rest for the soul. That's your emotions. Your thought life. Your mind. You need rest. Because until you have rest in that place, you may not produce a lot. Not for the kingdom. You may not. You need that rest. He says, yoke with me. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. When you, keep, when you keep saying, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm carrying. You don't know what, what you're saying is, you think your shoulders are broad enough to carry your own load. No. He is the burden bearer. He says, give them to me. He, he knows the problems. He knows what you're going through. The scripture is very clear. God said, bring them to me. I am the problem solver. You can't solve your own problem. You don't have what it takes. He can. And he says, give me that privilege to solve the problem for you. But you rest. Don't allow your soul to be troubled. Don't allow your soul to be troubled. So we labor to enter into that rest. You know, in the Orient, they were studying, the mama cow is yoked with the baby cow. And the baby cow follows behind. And, and, and the yoke, the burden is really on the mama cow. 
and, and, and baby cow is a little bit anxious. I, I, I'm too little. I can't do this work. Uh, but mama cow is up and she's, baby cow is wondering what's going to really happen. And then the boss says, hey, it's time to go. And mama cow pulls. And baby cow is following behind, learning how to follow the straight path. And baby cow is saying, yeah, I didn't know that this this easy. It's, it's a piece of cake. But he is not the one, she's not the one doing the job. It's the mama cow that is really doing the plowing. That's the way we yoke with Jesus. And he plows and we commit, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. What we must then labor to do, the labor is to turn it over to him. Our minds will not let us do that. That's where the labor is. Turning the problem over to God and doing as God leads you, that doesn't mean inactivity. You turn it to God and God begins to show you. That the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Let him know what's going. And then what is it? He will direct your path. He will show you the easy way to go. My yoke is easy. My burden is, is light. When you yoke with him, the yoke will be easy. Amen. The yoke will be easy. He says this. You have to trust God. Some of us, my wife said this morning, you have things you are dealing with. He knows what you're going through. He knew before the world was formed. He knew you before your mother gave birth to you. And he knew every single day of your life. He knew what will come into your life and what will go out of your life. He knew all of it and he planned it. And all he's saying to us, trust me. It's labor to trust him because we want to do something. On our own. We want to bear the burden. Sometimes we want to brag after it's over. But while you are going through, uh, there are no bragging rights yet. It's painful. And you can't sleep. But he says, those who wait on the Lord, be still and know. Be still and no. As long as you are still in activity, God's out. Because if He lets you do it with Him, you get, you take the glory. He's not gonna let that happen. He says this, Hebrews 4 verse 3, For we who have believed, do what? Enter that rest. So it's your faith in God that brings you into that rest. Even though things don't make sense. Remember, God has given you a promise. I've always gone with this promise and and let that settle in your heart. All things work together for good to those who love God. And those who are called according to their purpose. No, according to His purpose. He has a purpose. And if something comes into your life that's unpleasant, 
There is a purpose for it. And that thing will work for your good. We have to recognize that. But God wants you to trust Him. Trust Him. He's, he's, he's cooking something for you. Uh, to enjoy. Amen. Uh, you don't know the ingredients. If you try to do it, you mess it up. And nobody will enjoy it. But let Him put the ingredients together. And some of it don't taste good to you if you take it alone. That's what's going on. When you're going through that problem, you can't see far. Amen. But he sees everything. And all he's saying here, trust me, I'm going to prepare a table before you. you like it. You will like it. But let him walk through it. That's what he's saying. Those of us who have believed, we have entered into his rest. And because God has actually said He swore they wouldn't enter His rest And they didn't enter Because they wouldn't believe God I've already shared this scripture Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 Trust in the Lord With some of your heart That's all He's asking When you trust in God With all of your heart You will be in rest Every time you worry about the situation. I'm not saying ignore it. And act like it's not there. You know what it is. And you are talking to God about it. Amen. He'll show you what to do. He'll bring people into your life. But to just stay there. You see, there is another part of it. Where you are so worried. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to stay here. Well you're going you're gonna to hurt. But if you acknowledge God and take the time to spend with God, telling Him about this problem, God will work with you. Another scripture is uh, in John chapter 6, verse 28. These individuals had come to Jesus after they ate bread. And uh, Jesus said, Labor not. For the food or bread that perishes, but for that which leads into eternal life. And so they asked Jesus, in verse 28, what shall we do? So he's doing something, right? They want to work. They want to do something. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? We need to do something to do God's work. How many want to do God's work? You would like to really do God's work? Yes, that's what they wanted. We want to please God. We want to do some work for God. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work. This is your labor. Believe. Amen. Just believe that if God has said something, He will do it. And then, because you believe, that's when you are still. Be still and know. You know it's a difficult situation. There is no way out of it. But you are trusting God. And your words and your action shows that you are trusting God. That's labor. When everyone is telling you, that child's going to die. And the doctors are telling you, that child's going to die. 
You want to do something, but you don't know what to do. If you are anxious, you will be saying things that don't make sense. And that child will die. But you can turn around. The label is to say, I know, but I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God for a change. And the doctors look at you and say, what have you been drinking? We are doctors. We know what we're seeing. This child's going to die. Yeah. But I believe God. That's the labor. And everything in your body and what you see, everything is telling you this is going to end in serious disappointment. But you labor to believe God. And before long, things begin to change. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should go back on his word. If he has said something, he will do it. He didn't say God will do it when it's easy. God will do it whether it's easy or hard. He is God. All things are possible to him. So all I have to do is to labor to enter rest. You know what? Remember this, this scripture. There was a man that called Jesus. He says, my child, my daughter is dying. And, and, and after he said, come to my home and lay your hands on my daughter. And I know my daughter will live. You know that scripture. And they were on their way to the woman's, uh, to the man's house. Jairus' house. And this woman with the issue of blood came behind Jesus and touched Jesus. I know how I will react. And Jesus stopped going. In his mind, he believed Jesus could make the child well. But he had no idea that Jesus would raise the child from the dead. And if Jesus didn't get there in his mind on time, that child was going to die. And now there was this delay. And Jesus stood, taking his time. That's where you get out of the place of rest. (laughs) As long as he knew he had Jesus, and Jesus was going with him to his home, everything was fine. He was at peace. Yes, I got Jesus. We're going to take care of that child. And now Jesus stopped and asking a question, who touched me? And the man is thinking, what? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. What's going on? And the disciples spoke. He was standing there. The disciples said, hey, master, everyone is strong in you. Everyone is touching you. What do you mean? Somebody touched you. I'm sure the guy felt good about that. I speak, tell him. Let him know. But then Jesus insisted, no, but somebody touched me and won't go. So what you're thinking is, whoever did this stuff, would you please own up to it quickly before my child died? He had gone out from, out from the place of peace. See? From the place of rest. And the worst thing that happened, after the woman owned up to it, you think, now, let's go, Jesus. And then he turned around. He found somebody coming to him. You remember the story? And he said to him, don't trouble the master anymore. 
your child is dead. At that point, no rest for him. You know what Jesus said to him? Don't be afraid. Keep your place of rest. And that was all he said to the man. And the man was hopeful again. Even though he knew that that child was dead, he was looking to Jesus. And he saw confidence. And that gave him rest. If he had come out of rest, we may not have had that miracle. But he stayed in that place of rest. And that's what God's wanting you to do today. Amen? God wants you to enter into your place of rest. He says there remains a rest for believers. Some of us are going through things that has bothered you for years. Today is your day of rest. Would you enter into your day of rest today and turn it over to God? Let the burden bearer bear your burden. Let the burden bearer bear your burden. That's what you need. Philippians 4, and I'm closing quickly. Philippians 4 verse 6. He says, be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. This is where tongues come into play. See, I'm back again to where we talk about. Many times you don't know how to pray. Romans 8 verse 26, he says, The Holy Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So you pray to enter into his rest. Let me finish the scripture here. It says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Not be anxious for some things. Be anxious for nothing means nothing. But in everything, what is your everything today? Give that to God. Let God know about it. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And guess what he says? And God will answer the prayer immediately. No. He says the peace of God will guide what? Your heart and your mind in Christ. Because as soon as you are in a place of rest, You've given the work over to God. Amen. And God takes it over for you. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. As long as you want to care for your cares, then leave Him out of it. If you are going to be anxious, don't pray. Hello? If you have to worry, don't even pray. Don't put out prayer requests. Because it's not going to be, it's not going to work. Be angels for nothing, right? 
When you've accomplished that, then begin to talk to God. And then God will pour His peace into your heart and the result is on His way. We have nothing to fear. We have God. If God be for us, who can be against us? The greater the test, the greater the testimony. You will have a testimony. When you have a test, like Joseph, like David, there is a testimony on his way. Just stay, find your stronghold. You know what your stronghold is? Your place of rest. And don't worry. That's what God wants. As long as you're trying to figure it out on your own, <laughs> you just got here to the earth, on the earth, why don't you give him to the ancient of days? He knows all things. And he'll take care of your problem. He's doing that. Even while I speak, I can feel it in my spirit. If you will take a deep breath and say, Oh, I'm turning over to Mama Cow. No, no, I'm not saying God is that. <laughs> okay? Turn it over and let him do the work for you. You know what I mean. Let him do the work for you. And God will take care of the whole problem. You are not meant, made to work. What I, you know what I mean. God has the privilege to work. He did all the work. He did all the work. You remember what Jesus said about work? I only do what I see my father do. Right? He was working. But his father has already done it. Amen? It's like walking behind. It's true revelation. May God open your eyes to see, no matter how big the problem is, if you turn it over to God and stay in a position of rest, a place of rest, a lot of individuals will come and try to kick you out of that place with their words. But hold on tight to your place of rest. And God will do it for you. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. If you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, it's, not, it's going to be very difficult for you to find that place of rest. The first thing to do is to surrender your life to Him. And then let Him begin to guide you and lead you. Don't worry about anything. Worry about your relationship with him. That's the most important. Once that's taken care of, as long as that's in place, no matter what comes your way, it is working for your good. No matter what it is, good or bad, it's working for your good. If you have not committed your life totally to Christ, this is your opportunity. If you did sometime in the past, but to, something tells you today, you know, I haven't been really working with God. I really, do, I really need to surrender totally to God. I'm speaking to you. And God's speaking to you today. Why don't you give God that place in your life so you can enter His rest? It's tough to enter that when you're staring at the trouble right before you. 
but endeavor labor to do what? At the count of three, if you're going to give everything to God this morning, can I see your hand up? One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see this hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. God is good. God is good. I tell you what. Since the day I gave my life, I know God's in my life. We have issues, things that we have to deal with. But I know God is. And in my troubles, and in your troubles, I want you to do this. I've been through tough times too. But I remind myself, and I want you to remind yourself, Jesus is still at the Father's right hand. And He's seated there for me. He knows the situation. He is also making intercession for me. He's talking to the Father about my situation. That's what the Bible says. He's talking to the Father. Believe it. God's talking to His Father about the problems you're going through. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You didn't choose the path. He chooses the path for you. Amen. He will. Those of you that raised up your hands. I don't do this often here, but I want you to stand. Stand up, please. I feel those of you that raise your hand, would you stand up? Don't be ashamed. This is important. This is important. God sees. I need you to stand. It just came to me. That's what I feel God wants you to do. Stand up. It's better to do that. Acknowledge Him. Thank you, Lord. I want you to lift your hands up in surrender because you know how the situation is. You can't do anything about it. He will. Believe me, He will. Today, He will. We trust Him. He will. Father, thank You. Lord, you see our hands up in surrender to You. And we're saying, We are not able to bear the burdens on our own. And we give everything to you. Say with me, including those who commit into Christ. Lord Jesus, I commit my life. And everything in my life, I commit to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my situation. Thank you God. I hand everything over to you. And I believe my situations, my life, they are in good hands. The hands of the Lord Jesus. Those nail-pierced hands will take care of my needs forever and ever. Do you believe it? If you do this morning, please tell yourself, Every time Satan reminds you and fear is about to come into your heart, tell that devil, I stood up in church that day. And God heard me. I know he heard me. And God has taken over my issues. God will help me. I will, God will see me through. Amen. Can we give him a clap, offering? He is faithful.
God is faithful. For every one of you, we all deal with things in our lives. I am very confident today because I pray for you in my prayers. God is with you. Amen? If you don't believe it, just believe. I know, I have no doubt. God's with you. If you have issues, addictions, whatever it is, God's helping you. Amen? God's helping you. Just stay close to Him. Spend time in His Word. Go to Him. We have Sunday school. Some of us need to be there in the mornings. 9.30 in the mornings. Just that little effort to be before the presence of God's Word can change your family from generation to generation. He can. And I'm saying that God do that. In my home, God's changing our family. First generation believers. And then I can see the other generations coming. I don't have to yell at them. It was my son told you that told me one day we were in Calvert. He said this. I, I was commending him because he went witnessing with us in Calvert. I said, son, please be seated. I said, son, I'm so glad that you came with me. Uh, my son is witnessing with us. He talked, turned around and said to me, Daddy, understand this. When we were little, it was your faith. It's ours now. He told me that. And uh, I was about to dance in Calvary, okay? <laughs> I was really about to dance. My kids know He is their God. Amen? And because of that, God has promised, I will bless your generations, generations after you, even to a thousand generations. Amen. Can we put our hands? Just stay faithful, not perfect. Faithful to God. Stay faithful to God. He'll take care of you. I miss nothing that the world has to give. God will do it for every one of you in Jesus' name. Every family that's represented here today, God will do it for you. Can I hear an amen? That means you are in agreement with me. Every family that's represented here today, if God is God and He is Jesus seated at the Father's right hand, your family is blessed. Amen? From, from now on to a thousand generations, if Jesus tarries. Amen? Now put your hand on your chest. And say, I am blessed. And generations after me will be blessed. They will serve the Lord, my God. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed. Prayer partners, please come if you need someone to pray with you.